I hope you don't mind if I record. No, you're fine. Mr. Robert, I don't think you understand what it is I'm exactly asking from you. Then spell it out for me. I need buildings, Robert. And you need money for your kids. That's the only reason you're in this job, right? Yeah, to be honest, but my family's none of your concern. Well, you see, they're as much of a concern for me as they are to you. What do you mean? To put it simply, I trust you with this project. And I trust you with this secret. No one should know about this. That's asking a lot out of me. Name your price. How's 20 million? Hello, Claire. Yeah, can you withdraw 20 million from the K-Block bond? Thank you, sweetheart. You can't be serious. You named your price. That money's all yours. If you want funds for the town, those also come straight out of the bond. With a record, of course. As much as this is a secret, we need to keep a record of where my money goes. Where do you get this money, Putnam? Robert, I think there's something you should know about this project. About why I'm giving you 20 million just to walk out that door with locked lips. I have a certain clientele that run the business for me. All the dirty work. They just flew in from a few parts of the world. Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia, just to name a few. They're not here legally. And they're not here for fun or for school. They're here because fat old businessmen who hate their wives. And boy, do fat old businessmen who hate their wives pay well for what these girls bring. So, I'm building an entire red light district. Well, of course. And if we ever hear the words Cape Lock out in the public eye. Huh. Oh, don't worry. It won't be me with a gun. Think of someone willing to kill for 80 million dollars. Think of the thrill they'll have knowing each bullet in you is another 80 million. I'll keep my mouth shut if those 80 million go to me instead of whoever you're wasting your money on trying to shut me up. Well, you make a great deal, Robert. I know that you'll be great at this. Your compensation will be directly sent to your bank account instead. I'll make sure and tell Claire. Oh, I had a question. Hmm? Why me? Well... If you hadn't agreed, you'd be dead on the floor right now. Don't feel so special, Robert. What you just listened to was a voice memo by James D. Putnam from Interconnected Assets Incorporated, one of many memos. Many of the others are the same. The rest have lots of logistical meetings with other financiers and state legislation. Though no names were present, he still referred to many of the people in his recordings as Senator, though we have no confirmation on any of this just yet. The other man in the recording is Robert Hirsch, who has just recently come out of hiding to lead me to Cape Lock, the town we here at KINH have been desperate in finding. But let's take a step back. My name is Christina Glass. I am an investigative reporter from Lake City, Colorado. For the past six and a half days, I have been investigating the strange town of Cape Lock, one that, for a while, people believed only existed in their memories. Then, a former Cape Lock victim was murdered, Jeremy Rogers. After the murder, Arnold Bennett, a former math teacher at Lake City High School, came to me for an interview before going into hiding in Cincinnati, Ohio with Robert Hirsch. But more on that soon. I followed a lead in Sparta, Tennessee, 
Everett Cooper. He is a library director with the adult nonfiction section at the White County Public Library. There he received a message from Mr. Bennett, a box with blueprints of tracking devices implanted on the sex workers in Cape Lock, a map of Cape Lock, along with sketches, and a daily audio log of Jeremy Rogers that ended just hours before his death. We also found invoices that led us to the whereabouts of Robert Hirsch in Ohio. Wasting no time, we went, only to turn away and interview Robert en route to Cape Lock, Oregon. We arrived there just 48 hours after leaving Cincinnati. Stay with us. So now that we're here, are we going to walk there? Correct, but it's close. So I hope you're ready for some hiking. There was a large mountain range stretching far along the edge of the small city that the train had stopped in. It took us about 20 minutes to reach the edge of the city, and about half an hour of actually climbing the hills. We didn't say a word the whole time until the town had come into sight. Just like Eddie had said, there was no fanfare when we arrived. Uh, here here it is, just over this patch. You should have told us that we would be hiking a little earlier. If I had known, I wouldn't be wearing my loafers. Oh, you'll be fine, you big baby. From what we see now... The town should be empty. What exactly does that mean? We're safe. But you won't get all the answers you want, just the ones that are available here. Here she is. The motherfucking abyss. I looked over the mountain. A small trail just slowly leading into a valley. There was snow untouched by humans. At the base of the mountain was one of two large motels, with a blue roof and overgrown branches, now empty from the winter. Across the street, a wide street, was another motel, and nearby that was the come-and-go. Down the road were small shops, some very close, others just a ways away. And behind all of these were eight large houses, with even bigger lawns, all separated by white picket fencing their paint chipping away at the eroding plants and melting snow. It was Cape Lock. The hotel. We have about 30 rooms each. All the essentials. Bathroom, shower, bed. No tables or TVs, just like you said. Same with the houses. The kitchens are the only parts that are just refrigerators. I was working with a few of the farmers that are sourcing in their food. I don't quite care about what you do with the food. Your job is to build the houses. Now I need you to also take care of a few of the more public areas. The store should only have racks for clothes, no books, no, none of that. We're only going for essential things here. Got it. What we need to prepare for is people coming into this town on accident. We don't want the truth to live. That's why you're making us build stores and restaurants? That's correct. Hey, what's that over there? There was a payphone to you. What did I tell you about this place? Keep it off the damn grid. Electricity from the generators only for lights and bridges. We can't risk having a phone here. It's just a prop, sir. Like you said, we don't want people to think something suspicious. We have to make the whole place seem real. Hmm. Oh. Oh. Great thinking on your end, Robert. Let's see what else you got for me.
The town was right in front of me. My breath was shaky in anticipation of what I may or may not find here, and the sharp visuals of what had happened here before. Well, we should make our way down. You see those trees? The ones with the white rectangular boxes? Yeah, there's a few of them. Those are the electromagnetic modifiers, uh, the, the cloaking devices. Do you think we might get to see the nanorobotics for the tracking system? Uh, no, to be honest, those have also probably been sold on the market. Why not just destroy the town then? They don't need it anymore. So then, this whole sex trafficking thing is over? Or do they just make another town and transport them all there? Christina. Just then, we saw a large figure make their way through the street. It was Fred Marsh, wearing a tan leather jacket with buzzed hair. Not the best disguise. What are you doing here? If you've come to threaten me, I already know the whole story. Christina, I don't think you understand. I'm working with them. What? You know, for an investigative journalist, you're kind of a dunce. Bobby and I and Officer Marsh here and a few other people all over the states, we're helping stop Cape Lock. I'm no longer an officer. Just Fred now. And Christina? I'll be going into hiding after this. And I won't be with my wife or my kids, which are now thankfully somewhere safer. And I gotta go back to them someday, but not now. I have to finish what I started. You didn't come to Cape Lock to cheat on your wife? I came here to save people. Take them to a place they could call home. And I told him to stop. The way he did it would risk their lives too much. How did he do that? Bloodletting. If I cut off circulation in a few areas, and cut where the blood was, trackers would be gone from the body. Not all, but a majority. It needs lots of them to track a whole body and even more to electrocute the whole thing. It's dangerous. But still, more people were set free. And that's all we want. We want to save lives. And we're still doing it. But Cape Lock, it it shut down. Where's the next one going to be? Everywhere, Christina! Did you just think it ends here? That there was only one Cape Lock? The reason everyone in the U.S. has seen Cape Lock isn't because it's moving around the country like a traveling circus. It's because hundreds of trillions of dollars went into creating multiple $40 million towns all over the United States. There's not just one, Christina. And if you thought coming here would clear all that up, that somehow it would expose a whole organization, you're dead wrong. Because that's all we've been doing in hiding. Visiting as many Cape Locks as we can and setting as many girls free as we can. And this is the truth, Christina, the hard truth. It's that this little radio show isn't going to save lives. It isn't going to stop the bad guys. After some time trying to understand the weight of the reality that was a string of towns all over the continental United States that were funded by a millionaire for the sole purpose of human trafficking, I stood there, looking at the skeleton of a town in shambles. I felt much like that town empty and overstaying its welcome. I thought that maybe if the town was bustling, it would have been a better story, but why would I harm other people's lives just for gratification? Then again, haven't I been doing that this whole time? Cape Lock, Oregon. 
Cape Lock, Colorado, Cape Lock, Michigan, Cape Lock, North Carolina. It was an infestation. But with any virus, there are white blood cells. Their names, the ones who were brave enough to come out into the sunlight, are Robert Hirsch, Fred Marsh, and Arnold Bennett. They saved the life of Jeremy Rogers, a sweet young boy who fell in love before his death. And I, I was going around like a parasite. I was feeding off of their hard work and their misery. But the story has to go on. It has to finish. The story could not end like this. If I didn't tell this story, it will never be told. There's a hotel, the Cape Lock Hotel, or motel. I don't know. I can't read the sign very well. Christina, let's just go. There's nothing here. A large lobby. No elevators, but there are stairs. Let's not clean by any standard. Let's check out the rooms. Christina! Here's a door. Mahogany. <clears throat> Inside. Only a bed. No television. It's just a hotel, Christina. And what about the houses? What do they look like inside? They're just houses! This is a town! That's it! We built a town where people sleep, where people- Where people are being taken advantage of. That is not a town. Christina, you get rid of the people here, and what do you get? A bunch of houses, a bunch of buildings, a bunch of rooms and beds, and that's it! There's no secrets to be uncovered. There's nothing here but what they didn't need. What they needed were victims and technology, and that's all they took! This isn't a mysterious, magical force, Christina. This is money. There's this infrastructure, invoices, municipal codes. Ugh, I'm leaving. Christina. What the fuck are you doing in my car? Give me your keys. What? Give me your fucking key or I will bash your head in with this rock. This will be the final installment of The Mystery of Cape Lock. It seems that the story has finally come to an abrupt ending. Everett Cooper has no place to run. I've ruined his life. Jeremy Rogers escaped human trafficking, and I took his life from him. Michael Andrews has no home to return to, and that was my doing. Fred Marsh has lost his connection to the world along with Arnold Bennett. They no longer exist, and their whereabouts are unknown. This includes Andy Richter. Eddie Myers, who sits in a hospital bed listening to this story, he knew the cost. And he asked me if I was ready for the sacrifices it took to find the truth. I didn't know. How could I have known? I've heard too much. I've gone too far. I've finally gotten everything I wanted, and I've lost everything I had in the process. Now I'm somewhere in Oregon, I'm driving a car I found off the side of the road through thick snow, either hoping that I find the next Cape Lock along the way, or I just skid off into the ditch and be left for dead. <sighs> My name is Christina Glass. Thank you for listening. <laughs>
Nighthawks presents Cape Lock, starring Bridget Spence as Christina Glass, John Mitchell as Andy Richter, Mike Thomas as Fred Marsh, Nick Folson as Michael Andrews, Brendan Conboy as Jeremy Rogers, Kevin Darbro as Eddie Myers, news host and credits, Dervla Clue as Susan Neal and Cheryl Strand, Connor Coglin as Arnold Bennett, Joseph Delaney as Everett Cooper, Austin Nebbia as Bobby Hirsch, Martin Cisneros as Doug Morrow, Victoria Esnard as Samantha Morrow, Dean T. Moody as James Putnam. Cape Lock is a Nighthawks Presents production. Story by Jonathan Calderon. Script supervision by Alexis Calderon. Episode cover art by Oscovus. You can find him at Oscovus on Instagram. That's O-S-C-I-V-U-S. Special thanks to Ben Huff, Amber Ashworth, Roberto Martinez. <laughs>